Welcome to X-Files Podcast, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to heal from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new single life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Hi, how are you? Hello. I'm so good. And welcome also the audience to another episode of X-Files. I haven't been so excited about an episode for a while. And that's because not only am I introducing another one of my new co-hosts, she also happens to be one of my closest friends. So yeah. this is just so fun, you know, all the way around. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited yeah, to be with you today. I have so many things to say that involve you. I think one thing that's really cool is you were our first guest on X Files. I, I don't know. You remember that you were the first one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was honored. It was great. Yeah. And now we're a year and a half later, and um, things have changed a lot for X Files. And now, um, not only are you back, but you're going to be back regularly. I am so excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. So I will let Jess um, take over in a minute and let you know everyone know about you. But I'll just let the audience know that what is pretty cool is that we actually met in coaching school, mm-hmm. which was good. I guess two years ago. I could tell you, we graduated. My my certificates on my wall. Uh, <laughs> we graduated October the twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Yeah, wow. So six months prior to that. That's wild. That is really yeah. wild. And um, Jesse, you know, I I became aware of Jesse and sort of sought her out as a friend because I was just so excited about the fact that you said that you were interested in um non-traditional or alternative lifestyles and kink and that that was where you thought you might be you know taking your coaching and because I'm also interested in those things I you know kind of was like oh I've got my eye on you (laughs) (laughs) and now here we are we talk all the time close friends um haven't met in person yet but I am coming to New Zealand early in the year and that'll be really cool I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait. Me too. Me too. I mean, um, yeah, I got to get those tickets booked, but I am very positive <laughs> that it's happening. So that will be fun for the world to see. I lived in Australia for five years and never made it to New Zealand. I think one of the misnomers about New Zealand and Australia is that people go back and forth a lot. And for me, that wasn't my experience. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think you've got to have the, a got to have the money to do it. It's um, not a cheap flight. And that's another thing. I think people believe that it's just, you know, you take a ferry or something. Yeah. And it wasn't my experience that it was really even that affordable of a place to go. It's, I mean, it depends. Like we, my best friend and I just booked flights to Melbourne um, for the end of November um, for okay. her birthday, but they were on special. But because of COVID, unfortunately, the airlines have just bumped all their prices up and made it way more unaffordable. Um, yeah, whereas used to be, like, a lot of people from New Zealand would go, pop on over for a weekend mm. or, like, a couple days yeah. um, for a holiday. I don't know if it was vice versa, but, like... Not not in my experience. It wasn't. Yeah. I had a few Kiwi friends, but... Um... I definitely, if I can think of like a handful of times that I knew people who went on holiday there. Anyways, um, (laughs) we're not here to talk about travel to New Zealand and you are going to come back all of the time. Um, So before we get started, because this is your first episode, please tell my amazing audience about you, what you're doing, where they can find you. And then we'll dive into the topic, is polyamory right for me? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, my name is Jessie. I am... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I needed to do that, but like, hi, in case you haven't met me before. Um, I go by Jessie Marie online. Um, I started as a photographer, and I still am a photographer, um, mm. and that journey morphed into women's empowerment photography, so boudoir and like um, just some of the most beautiful things I've done. It's really cool. And you are so talented. I've known lots of photographers in my life and you are so good. Please, everyone, go and follow. Thank you. Yeah, like honestly, I photographed a trans woman and that was the best feedback I could have ever received was like she sent me an email um, the afternoon basically or the next day being like, I finally saw myself in those photos, how I see myself in my head. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I cried. I was like, this is why I do what I do. Good. Um, so I mean, that- I have to say, I mean, it, everybody just looks so in their element in your photos. And I guess, you know, that's really what you would want as a portrait yeah. photographer or a boudoir photographer. But there's something super you know, authentic about, about the photos. Like you, you really um, believe that everybody feels really comfortable and yeah, at ease with you. And And I think I do that through, (laughs) I think I do that through because I don't, a lot of studios that I followed and looked at in the past, like pump out, uh, like pump out photo shoots one after the other. Mm. I, because I give so much of myself, I only photograph one person a day and I probably only photograph like two or three times a week. Because I need the I need to recharge and I need to be able to I'm because I'm an introvert and I'm an empath. I need the energy back so that I can give again. Oh, I bet I can see that yeah. for you, knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> will um, you take my picture when I come? Hundred percent I will. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. Um yeah, and so that morphed because like I was working with these women and we were talking through all sorts of different things. And often like I'm not I'm not shy about my lifestyle. I don't hide it. My parents know um you know like everyone knows it's people come to me about Mm -hmm. this stuff all the time oh interesting Um, yeah so like I've had women tell me that they used to be escorts and like we worked Mm -hmm. through that kind of stuff and it just got to a point where I was coaching these women through photo shoots anyway and posing and like letting go of barriers and stuff but I was like well I'm gonna move into coaching because the world changed and COVID happened right and Mm -hmm. when we were in lockdowns I couldn't shoot anyone I couldn't 
couldn't give any energy to anyone that way because we weren't allowed to see each other. And um, just so everyone knows, New Zealand and Australia had the most insane lockdown. Oh. <laughs> oh I mean, uh, this, and this is why I'm sensitive to people complaining about what we went through here, because I do have really close friends um, down under. And I mean, <laughs> what you guys were <laughs> asked oh. to do and what you gladly did, um, it was just, you know, s- such yeah, a larger sacrifice. So, yeah. We didn't know, like, we were in for months. Mm-hmm. And I think the last yeah. one, which was August last year, so, like, this time last year, wow. we were in, I think it was the longest lockdown we'd had, and it was and it was just Auckland where I am. The rest of the country was kind of operating at a lower lockdown level um, just because we're the main, like, city, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I can't shoot if I keep, if this keeps happening. Um, but I still want to help women. I still mm-hmm. really want to, like, empower them, and it's it's like being of service is a very big thing to me. So this is a way that I can do it. So then I joined um, this to like where we studied and yeah, the rest is sort of happening. Here we are. Slowly. And you're, yeah, yeah. You're getting it off the ground. Where would you most prefer for people to find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm probably most active on there. Yep. And that's at awesome. Jessie Marie Co, like C-O. Um, and that's and M-A-R-E-E? E, yeah. Yeah, so J-E-S-S-I-E-M-A-R-E-E-C-O. Um, and that's my website is jessiemarie.com. Everybody go to the show notes, go to my IG. I'm going to be, you know, putting you out there far and wide. And this isn't, you know, um, your only episode. So um, thank you so much for being here and uh, for supporting me on my X-Files transition and on my entire journey. I, you know, value your friendship and value the content that we are about to make together. And I hope that you don't mind, or I hope that you don't feel like I'm tokenizing you by the (laughs) fact that I asked you to do this topic as our first episode. I actually realized that in the shower this morning, you know, just thinking about everything I have to do today. And I was like, Oh, you know what? She might not actually want to be like the Bali girl, um, but it's, but so, but still, I'm excited. Well, to talk yeah, to you no, about it is. It. I moved into um, so the coaching I do now is um, I really had to own it as well. It took okay. me a while to be like, this is what I'm going to do is sex and kink consulting, particularly around alternative lifestyles like polyam and non-monogamy, um, just because it's not talked about. Okay. And needs more, like, people want to get into it and don't know how, and we're going to go into that, obviously. Yes, we are. And also, I mean, what you just said is the fact that you're open, and I, what I think a lot of people don't understand is that this is something that people actually do stay quite closeted mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. which is one reason I wanted to talk about this. So that's that's fantastic. And just so everybody knows, Jesse will be back this month for another episode for Sexual Health Awareness Month on introducing kink either into your life or into your bedroom or just your general experience. So please stay tuned for that. I'm I'm stoked um, for both it's of these. So of let's, my, let's get yeah. into it. That was fun. And I think we could just sit here and chat and not get to the topic if we let ourselves. <laughs> um, so we are talking about, is polyamory right for me? And that is because Jess is quite openly polyamorous, uh, or excuse me, non-monogamous. What do you prefer, my dear? Oh, uh, I've it comes and goes. Like I, mm. I kind of use these terms fluidly, and I know yeah, some people same. are like, mm. "I'm polyamorous," or "I am non-monogamous." I kind of 
it took me a long time to accept polyamory because of what it is defined as and what I didn't what I was like open to at that stage um but now I kind of use them interchangeably and not everyone does everyone kind of has their own like what that means to them so which is kind of cool considering you know the nature of both non-monogamy and polyamorous yeah I think I would probably more relate to or identify with non-monogamous just because um yeah I do feel polyamorous is a bit constrictive and um while I sometimes end monogamous I prefer you know prefer yeah. not to be and I'm open to things so but yeah. we're gonna get would, into all of that yeah. <laughs> I would say just on that like non-monogamy is the umbrella term and there's lots of yeah. titles that fit under it like polyamory um like relationship hierarchy there's there's so many of them and, well, that's and why... I'm gonna spell it all out for everybody yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know believe it or not I still meet people who don't know what polyamory is I know so I'm that's why I put these definitions in here that we're going to move to and you know re- even though I do I am sometimes exclusive which I am going to talk about because I personally find it very hard to meet other polyamorous people um Oh, let's just get into it. So this is something that really revs me up. I do think that, you know, this is kind of like the ideal way to be. And, you know, I just think that it's because most of us slash all of us are raised in the context of monogamy that that makes us most comfortable with it, or Mm. that is the reason why we are. But ultimately, I do think I don't know if I'd say the world would be a better place, but (laughs) um, if we were raised in this context, I do think it would be a good thing for relationships and people in general. So if you are one of the people listening who doesn't know what polyamory is, I have a couple definitions. Cool. So polyamory uh, is defined as the state or practice of having more than one open romantic relationship at a time. I love the term open there. I thought that was really curious. Wikipedia defines polyamory as a combination of the ancient Greek polo, meaning many, and Latin amor, meaning love. And it is the practice of or desire for romantic relationships with more than one partner at the same time with the informed consent of all partners involved. And I want to like highlight that informed consent mm-hmm. is the 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 thing, right? Like Yeah, which they don't have in Merriam Webster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. otherwise yep. if it's cheating right like if it's not we informed, will talk about it because yeah. i'm sure that lots of people do have more than one open oh. relationship at the time without informed consent but we're gonna get into all of that so one thing about polyamory or non-monogamy excuse me that i get excited about is that oh, people do it a lot of different ways mm. i have known many 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 polyamorous people who and i don't think I met one person who did it the same as another, which I think is really cool. So I wanted to go through some of the ways that people practice this because it is so diverse. Yeah. And so I have some definitions for everybody. And this comes from one of Jesse and my, Jesse and my, one of our favorite books. (laughs) (laughs) I always mess up with that when I'm talking about yeah, how what is grammatically yeah, I, correct? Yeah, just Jesse, Jesse and mine, I, mine and Jesse's. I don't know. <laughs> mine I'm... and Jesse's favorite relationship books. 
And everybody go and get it regardless of how you identify and regardless of how you want to love another person. Please go and buy Poly Secure by Jessica Fern. It is the best book on attachment. So good. So much better than the other one. And honestly, Which I almost book, threw out the window at one point. I, I don't blame you. I mean, <laughs> and Polysecure, like, for what it is, like, Polysecure, like, three quarters of that book is more about attachment styles, and it's, like, that last quarter that's actually about Yeah, that's polyamory. a really good point. And so they highlight all attachment styles, which yeah. I did think that the book Attached was lacking. I really felt like they really, really focused on anxious people who love mm avoidant people who are bad (laughs) yeah yeah so so let's just talk about this really really quickly so if you have a high sexual if you have high sexual exclusivity and high emotional exclusivity you might identify as monogamous monogamish or poly (laughs) fidelitish what do you um consider to be poly fidelity that's a good question. I think it's like um, you sort of, it's a closed sort of like maybe. Oh, like, like you have three people, yeah, three or four people who are all exclusive yeah. to each other. You're right. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So if you have high emotional exclusivity and low sexual exclusivity, you would perhaps be in an open marriage or you might be swinging, which I do assume people are familiar with. Yes, if I you have. That's probably low, the most common, right? I th- That's been my experience. Yeah. Um, low emotional exclusivity and low sexual exclusivity. In here, we have hierarchical polyamory, non-hierarchical polyamory, solo polyamory, relationship anarchy. So we're not going to get too much into each of these, but I'm just trying to highlight, you know, these different ways that people live and practice this. So the term that people really like these days uh, mm. is ethical non-monogamy. So, yeah. and which I am sure people will be familiar with. However, um, there's some issues with this term. And I, you know, Jesse, we were in a clubhouse room a couple months back, and I, I remember, remember even someone asking you when you said that you were. Polly is what you said. You said you were Polly, and someone goes, "Oh, I I assume it's consensual," and you're like, "Well, yes." So, what's the issue with this term? Um, well, the the fact that you have to put ethical on the front of it means that like non monogamy is inherently not ethical, mm-hmm. but that would be cheating. Mm-hmm. Like you are just non monogamous because there is communication as earlier informed consent, right? Mm-hmm. So saying that you're ethically non-monogamous just sort of puts a damper on non-monogamy in general because it it tends to mean that the other partner doesn't know that uh-huh. you're out there and I've had that on tinder and stuff like people have like been like oh yeah I'm looking for blah 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 and I'm like does your wife know does your partner know uh-huh. and they're like no and I'm like well then no that doesn't so you're saying that that's not non-monogamous that's, no, that's just cheating, cheating. It's mm. cheating. If yeah. they don't know, cheating, I think for me, and it can ch- is not just sex with someone else. It's basically anything that you wouldn't tell your partner about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I find saying ENM more ethically non-monogamous because I said it for ages until I realized I was like, well, actually, mm, it just inherently means that non-monogamy and polyamorous and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff is, yeah, cheating. 
not ethical. Well, what would you, and so you're just saying just use non-monogamy. Just use non-monogamy, mm-hmm. polyamorous, what it, like yeah. use the terms properly. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of dumb too. I mean, I've never heard anybody say I'm ethically non-monogamous. <laughs> or more, I mean, to that, and to that point, I've certainly never heard anyone say I'm um, unethically non-monogamous. <laughs> no, because they're not going to say they're cheating out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, no, some I, people might, but they wouldn't identify as a cheater. No. Whereas okay. people identify as non-monogamy or non-monogamists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I thought it would be good for everybody to kind of hear how we each got into this lifestyle, mm-hmm. because it's like I said earlier, it's certainly nothing that I don't think any of us are really raised in that yeah. could be changing. Um, but, you know, I think everybody has a, a story. So would you like yeah. to share yours? Yeah, I was not the greatest person back. Well, not the greatest. <laughs> That's a great way to start my story. Right? <laughs> so when I was younger, um, I'd always had feelings for multiple people, right? And I and if you ask any of my friends, I'd always had one lined up after the other sort of thing. And the dates were always kind of crossover. I would say I wasn't cheating because it wasn't sex, but it okay. was cheating, right? Like I okay. emotionally cheated on these people. So you feel like they thought or that you were exclusive? Yeah, so we were exclusive. Okay. The definitions okay. of our relationship. So I used to be um, monogamous and by, and I'm talking like my eight, like 18, like early teen years, right? Um, and I would, and the, the relationship would end and another one would happen, but that relationship, the next relationship sort of had already started happening. Yeah. Um, and I never understood why I liked more than one person at a time because everyone was like, well, if it was real love, you wouldn't be interested in someone else. And I know, I know, I know. Absolutely not. True. Oh, um, so yeah, that was kind of, I was, yeah, I wasn't the greatest back then. Anyway, with my last monogamous partner, he is fantastic. I still love him to this day. Obviously, that love has changed. Um, it's not romantic anymore, but I have a lot of time for him. We still talk. We broke up because he wants children and a family, and I, I don't. I don't. I'm also very firmly not monogamous, and I'm kinky, and he wasn't. Um <laughs> I just love that. Um, it just, it was, it was a kind of, it got to a point like when we, him and I started dating, it was supposed to just be friends with benefits because I'd gone through my journey. Like the partner before that was when I started to realize that polyamory was a thing or like non-monogamy was a thing and that I was kinky and was starting to explore that side of myself more. And so um, my ex-partner, when we were just friends, I brought him along to kink events and stuff. Right. So he knew what I was into. So we started dating We after we, because we started just sleeping together for fun, uh, for science, you know, but then we sort of had feelings for each other and started dating and we probably shouldn't have. We both acknowledged that because we both wanted very different things. Um, anyway, we broke up a few years ago. Well, actually more like, oh gosh, three years ago, four years ago. Um, and it was a very nice breakup. It was probably the nicest breakup I've ever had. It was very mutual. We kind of like, I, yeah, it got to the point where I was like, I can't promise you children. I'm really sorry. And I don't want to waste your time. Like, I want you to go out there and, and find someone that will have a family with you. This is not fair. Um, And so then I, yeah, it was like at that point after that breakup, I was like, no more, no more. I will only be dating people who are non-monogamous and mm-hmm. somewhat kinky. They don't have to be yeah. like extreme because I'm mm-hmm. not extreme. 
Oh, I can't um, wait to talk to you about that in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So then I was just on dating apps and I was seeing people like casually um, through the kink scene here that I knew and it was really cool. And then I met my current partner. Like, I don't like saying primary partner because I don't yeah. like those terms. Mm-hmm. Again, this is why I struggled with non-monogamy, like being polyamorous. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, but- and some people love that and some people don't. And totally. so I think it's good to just continually highlight that this is, you know, yeah. up to you oh, to create, which I 100%. love. There is nothing wrong mm-hmm. with any of these, right? Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with monogamy. It's just mm-hmm. not for me. There's nothing wrong with hierarchical polyamory. Again, it's just, I don't want this whole, like I come first thing. I don't yeah. think it's mm-hmm. fair. Um, anyway, I met my current partner who I'm engaged to, um, <laughs> but we're now living apart, which is another story, but um, you know, and so we, yeah, we kind of went through that together. We both were in our first polyamorous relationships together. He was he knew about kink, but was explored like was new to it as well. So we did a lot of growing real quickly, and there were a lot of road bumps. But we get into the other side, and it's really lovely. I have another um, casual partner. He has a girlfriend, and she, yeah. her, and yeah. the three of us went out to a show the other night, and I love her fantastic it's so great I mean your communication is just so open and everybody I mean seriously Jess and her partner talk about everything (laughs) and And it's so good yes communicate you can't have any Mm -hmm. relationship without communication polyamorous Mm -hmm. non-monogamous or monogamous like without and you're happy for each other too which I like Mm -hmm. yeah 100% like I've gone and babysat his girlfriend's kids because she was had to get to work meetings and stuff and I'm happy to so the term that people may not be aware of is metamore and that is my lover's lover which i actually also yeah. had great relationships with with my metamores in the past um what do you think um you've learned or what do you think is the biggest thing that you've gained from this type of lifestyle it's a lot of work <laughs> mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> i say that but like google calendar is your best friend let's mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know true you got to have that schedule down and Mm -hmm. it's sure it takes up energy and time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It it definitely puts your personal growth on like, you know, that's true. And I think for me that that was what I gained. Um, Do you have anything else to say about your story? Because um, I'll, and otherwise I'll dive into mine. I don't think so. I mean, I'm an open book. So if people have questions, they're more than welcome to yes, ask me. Please get in touch. And, you know, you're coaching people around this. And um, yeah, that's that's what you're mm. here for. So my story is that I, you know, as soon as I left the Mormon church, I was always around, you know, people with, you know, progressive and alternative lifestyles. Mm. I still remember the very first polyamorous person I met in college. It absolutely blew my mind. I could not believe, you know, that people did that, but I don't know. I didn't really think much of it. And I was married in a very monogamous. Why do I keep doing that? Monogamous relationship. And I just, I don't know. I never really can, you know, thought it was anything I'd be open to Mm. got divorced, other relationships and, but the turning point for me was living in Australia. And I don't know the statistics. Maybe I could have looked that up for this. But in my experience, I met so many more open and non-monogamous people when I was in Australia. And yes, I was in 
progressive spiritual communities, but I had been here as well. And it just really felt like every other guy who asked me out was polyamorous or open, or just that I generally met just one person after another. And I did also get asked out by, like I said, by many polyamorous men. Um, Some people might know that I used to slash do practice orgasmic meditation, and that is a very open community as far as um, partners go. And there was a man in the community who was just radiant. And um, he met me at one of the trainings and, you know, got in touch with me and just was full on like, I want a sexual relationship with you. You know, I can't get you out of my mind. Um, But he was actually the partner of the trainer. So I was like, what? I can't believe this, you know? And he was just like, you know, if you have any questions about this for me, um, please let me know. And he said, you know, she knows I'm reaching out to you and she's happy for me. And I was just like dumbfounded Um, and actually didn't end up sleeping with him, but I did go out with him and we had a, you know, conversations about it. And I told them, you know, being the oldest of seven kids, I never felt growing up that I had, you know, ever really enough attention. I, I don't feel that. Well, I did feel that way growing up. Now I don't really feel like I struggle with that, but I just said, you know, I don't think I can do this. And I don't think, Mm. you know, really that I can pursue this with you because I don't think that I could possibly be polyamorous. And, you know, I will always want more attention because, you know, of childhood wounds and whatnot. Um, And then about a year later, I was at Rainbow Serpent Festival, one of the biggest, most amazing music festivals in Australia. And I happened to be camping with, of course, a group of my poly friends who were so great and so open with each other, so much so that I actually ended up staying one night with one guy and the next night with one of his closest friends. And on both occasions, they both were aware of it and supportive and like hugging each other and just like so happy for everybody. And one night I was talking with one of them and yeah, I just said, you know, I've never experimented with this before I've always been curious about it but um you know and I told him what I thought about my childhood wounds and that is that I you know I'm always scared of not feeling enough attention from my partner because of that and he just said to me you know have you ever had you know a couple of days where you felt more attention than you have this weekend and I might like my mind was blown and I'm like you're absolutely right and from then I was just like I'm Polly you know (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, because he was so right and, you know, giving myself the opportunity to be looked after and cared for and, you know, loved in many ways by multiple people was actually a gift that I felt Mm. like I gave myself. Um, That being said, I, which we're going to talk about, I found it very challenging to um, commit to it uh, because, you know, you don't meet a lot of people who are open so um, sorry I was just gonna say it's this funny dichotomy where like oh I'm polyamorous so I'm going to meet all these people but no pulls for like actually dating yeah like you actually make it smaller you do and I guess I yeah I will just say now you know I have been in exclusive relationships 
you know, even recently. And mm. um, I, you know, if everybody I met was this way, I would just be absolutely thrilled because when I was very strictly practicing polyamory in Melbourne, I had such a good experience and I loved my metamors. I loved the experiences. I felt so treasured by, you know, multiple people and just the, it was so liberating as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, but you know, I go out a lot. I get asked out a lot and very rarely, you know, do I encounter people who are open to it. And for me, I felt like I kind of got to a point where, I don't know, it was like I was not missing out, but I was foregoing experiences with people because they were identified as um, monogamous that I didn't want to forego. It's complicated, really is. So I just want to read a few stanzas from one of my favorite songs. And this really um, kind of symbolizes or in a nutshell describes how I feel about polyamory. And this is the most beautiful song. Everybody go to Spotify and download it now. It's called Can't Help But Fly by Climbing Poetry. So I sent this to you a while back. Are you, do you know this song? I believe I've listened to it, yeah. I would put it on for the audience, but I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm just, oh, yeah. uh, so I picked my favorite, my favorite part. So magnetic attraction, mutual satisfaction, first sight, love at eye contact. I love it that our passion is such a high contrast to the possessiveness that limited our love ships in the past. I'm a bird who sings in the springtime. She's a girl who smiles like the sunrise. Though I love the days when she's all mine, I don't try to bottle her sunshine. I can't fit inside monogamy's philosophies of one and only constantly, stopping me from boundlessly expressing what is possibly. The greatest force in all of me, my heart cannot be property. Ownership is opposite of all that love has taught to me. Oh, Jess is shaking her head or <laughs> nodding her head. <laughs> nodding, so nodding, beautiful. nodding. <laughs> Reality is many souls. Reflect my whole totality, complexity, vitality, my sensual mentality. So everyone yeah. go and check out that song. That's that's how I feel. You know, like I, I keep on saying, I, you know, I wish that this was how kids were raised yeah. so that we could all do it. Uh, and this is like you have multiple friends, you have like a loving environment yeah. growing up, mm -hmm. you know, and there's the saying, um, it takes a tribe to raise a family, yeah. like we raise say a, a village. And, yeah. Yeah. A sorry, a village to raise a child. And that's, you know, they get what they yeah. need from everybody i agree and... i mean we there's so much talk these days about emotional affairs and that just so you know just it symbolizes and defines the reason why i think that people should be mm. more open to different types of relationship constructs because yeah. we're talking about connecting with someone on an intellectual level that you're not connecting with your spouse on and it's not a bad thing you know, yeah. uh, and yeah. it's, and it's core. And absolutely. The, the bad thing is that you feel like, you know, if you have to keep it a secret a thousand percent, you shouldn't be doing that. But it just goes to show that you do, you know, we almost require connection with multiple people. We, for we are community reasons. based people. Humans yeah. need community mm -hmm. and love and like, it just flows through. Right. So you have yeah. multiple different, there's, um, my partner was actually telling me that I can't remember what language it is, but they don't have one word for love. Oh, so like, like indigenous Alaskans. 
possibly yeah or i think i've heard maybe, that too uh, we were at the greece exhibition that's here so possibly greece also oh maybe. interesting yeah okay but like it's like there's no one word for love you know how we say i love you and that's just it and people get all iffy when you say i love you yes uh, i love pizza i love um yeah. madman I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna go make out with my pizza i just mm-hmm. love pizza because yeah. it's delicious yeah you know, and I love. But my then, friends. when you say love to a certain person, it has so much more meaning. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I said I love you, and it wasn't yeah. like this big reveal. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I like. I love my friends. I love my family. I love my partners. Like, and that's why I think. Yeah, in some cultures, they oh, don't. So you're it. saying it's actually all the same, and that we have to give it to multiple. Well, things. we're just we're we're community. Mm-hmm. Like we, yeah. There's multiple loves. That's mm-hmm. there's yeah. a great song by Tame Impala called uh, "Multi Love" or something. It's great. Is it a Pali song? Uh, yeah. Oh, is it Impala or is it? I think it's Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Yeah, called um Multi Love. It's so good. Okay, we gotta do a IG carousel of all of our favorite Pali songs for this yes. episode. I'm not joking. Yes. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So, <laughs> um, what people may not be aware of is that this lifestyle is growing. Um, mm-hmm. it is estimated that four to five percent of Americans currently identify as polyamorous or ethically not monogamous mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm gonna stop and 20 percent <laughs> have tried it so that is a lot of people do you have any idea about the stats and where you live no idea none mm-hmm. zero okay um, just curious i would but i i run in those circles so like it feels to me like mm. everyone i'm around is and i think maybe this is part of my quote-unquote problem because i've only lived in denver three years mm. two of that was during the pandemic i uh, do have actually quite a large community here but i haven't you know tapped into what i assume is mm. um i mean it's a very liberal area so i assume there's a poly community here uh, but, you know, I haven't tapped into that. And I think it's the type of thing that once you're in it, you know, you start seeing it everywhere. But I, I don't think I've been a single other person oh. like me here. Oh. <laughs> I think it's they will important. Be there. They will be there. Um, let's talk about what non-monogamy is and is not. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to start with a not. Okay. It's not a band-aid for a broken broken relationship at all. I've had people come to me in the past or um, and being like, we were thinking, you know, we're going through some troubles and we were thinking about opening up the relationship, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, firstly, how's your communication? Because and secondly, don't it's like having a baby to try and save a marriage. I'm sorry, don't. Because it just gets more complicated, right? If you've already got an issue with communication and communicating your needs and and what you need and what you don't need, then opening it up is just going to make it more messy yeah you have to have yeah a great relationship with communication um and it may it's a bumpy ride it's not always perfect it happens but Mm. being able to work through that and i'm not saying don't open up a a monogamous relationship like you totally can but make sure you're having those conversations with each other and checking in and taking it slow um a lot of people think that it's going to fix the problem um you know i listened to sex with emily it's one of the, my favorite podcasts oh, i love that podcast. and that's a, a huge question that she gets asked a lot um is um about this and you know people will either write in or call in and say that you know we're thinking about doing this because you know we're having this issue can you help us out and she's always like 
no, because this is not the solution. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It is not going to fix your problems. Mm. Um, if anything, probably just going to make them more highlighted. Oh yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> want to expedite, you know the, oh, yeah. uh, the you know get into a breakup, maybe yeah, but, yeah, mm. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And because honestly, being oh, like being in polyamorous relationships or non-monogamous relationships, I find definitely brings that personal growth forward and faster. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and I really wish I would have mentioned this because I have to say, I just felt like I, my, I just evolved as a person Yeah, just almost like overnight, I got better at communicating. And I was, I mean, I was also doing orgasmic meditation at the same time, Yeah, but I just felt like all of my rough edges and the things that I feel like I struggled with inside of relationships, just not, they didn't melt away because it did take me some time, mm. but I am one of the most securely attached people now and i i do chalk a lot of it up to my experience with uh yeah with polyamory yeah. for sure i had to do a lot of unlearning mm -hmm. i was quite a prude like i was very like just how i was raised i guess like i was didn't want to annoy like didn't want to like step on any toes and so i had to unlearn a whole lot of things and apologize to a whole lot of people for the way that i judged them in the past and been mm -hmm. like actually like oh okay this is this is a thing and it's okay yeah um, particularly more so with the kink journey um <clears throat> but yeah we'll get onto that later save it save it save it yeah. so what else is it not and that uh that some people might think <laughs> I love this a ton of sex <laughs> without commitment it can be but it's not always like yep. and again that depends on what you're doing like if you're swinging sure like that's a lot of sex without commitment right like and yep. that's your thing and that's totally fine but it, it, it intimacy doesn't just mean sex yeah, it's true. I mean, you can have platonic relationships where there is no sex involved. Mm -hmm. um, asexual people, obviously, yeah. that's not a thing for them. So it does not mean necessarily that you'll get a ton of sex without commitment, but you might, depending on the style that you're in. Yeah. But also yeah. it's, it's still, it's all, it's again, I would think that sex without commitment is casual dating. And I did have someone once ask me, you know, how is this any different from just casually dating a bunch of people? And I, I said, because it's informed consent from all parties involved that we all know what we're all, we're all doing. Whereas yeah. I feel with casual dating, I don't necessarily tell someone I'm casually dating that I I'm sleeping with someone new yeah you know? that's what I, that's how I feel about that I've never really casually dated I guess um okay just again kind of my jam <laughs> yeah yeah no oh I would love to it's just sort of I've always <laughs> found myself in multiple like relationship but because relationship. you are in multiple committed relationships and so you couldn't really casually date well I mean you could but your partner would know that you are yeah 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 and okay. even solo polyamory so solo polyamory is like the person identifies as polyamorous but they are they don't have a primary partner as such mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're single and they have multiple partners but everyone knows that that is yeah. a thing yeah whereas yeah with what you're saying like casual dating I'm pretty sure there's no like you don't go and tell the person that you're you know that right you're there's no commitment else, right no there's no commitment. I don't you're still dating <laughs> and, <clears throat> no and what you don't have to like as long as you're safe you mm -hmm. know and you're being yeah. responsible and like if you get a you know if you find out you have an STI or whatever you tell the other person yeah because that's responsible um then yeah it's not a you know so another thing is and I mean this really actually ties into what we're saying is that this is no easy way out people 
No. There no. is coordination, communication constantly. <laughs> like I said, Google Calendar will be your best yeah. friend. I had one um, a partner when I was in Melbourne and he had the Google Calendar and, you know, we each had a day, which I know that to some people that will sound gross, but I loved being on one of those days and that we talked about it and that I knew the women on the other days. Um, but I mean, this was a, I mean, yeah. he was working hard <laughs> to yeah. keep it all straight. And that's, that's it, right? Like, and you can get polysaturated, which is having too many partners mm-hmm. um, yeah. and just being like, and giving yourself too much that no one's getting what yeah. they need or what they want. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's not, not easy at all. But, and not just the, you know, coordination of all of this, but you have to have um, very sensitive talks with people yeah. all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, the, the, like things you don't want to communicate about, uh, you have to communicate about. Like it's yeah. just, mm-hmm. I don't want to say suck it up because that sort of is dismissive, but you kind of have to, yeah, really suck it up and talk to people I don't know about... that it's dismissive because people get really scared to talk about things, but the fact mm-hmm. is you just have to kind of hold your breath and go for it sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's like the consequences will be the consequences yeah. right like yeah but if you're committed to these relationships you'll talk through them and work it out i believe that everything is solvable in communication yeah and yeah okay so <laughs> the last oh, sorry the last go yeah, ahead. sorry go i was just you... gonna say that my last not one <laughs> the last note here about this um people mm-hmm. who don't experience jealousy oh, please talk about that Honestly, the amount of times people are like, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm so jealous. Or like, I would never let to share my man, blah, blah, blah. Oh. Or they say, oh, it's so great that you don't get jealous is what I what oh, I heard. I and one. probably what I said, too, was yep. that I thought yep. that, yep. you know, people just didn't get jealous. Who had people just partners. don't. Yeah, people don't get jealous. No, no, I feel jealousy. It's an emotion. It's a human emotion. Yeah. Um, It's not a wrong emotion either. People don't mm-hmm. want to feel like these emotions people don't want to feel. And usually it's jealousy, anger, you know, like all those negative emotions yeah. I say negative because they're not they're just emotions um but the you've got to look at jealousy and be like okay why am I feeling jealous because there's something underneath that we just have to deal with it right like yeah. you still feel jealous when your man's looking if you're monogamous right or your man or your woman or your whatever is looking at someone else and you're like but they're not looking at me like yeah. that yeah okay well what's under that they're mm-hmm. not giving you the attention that you need yeah. I or, and I you know for <clears throat> me this was maybe the thing that I gained the most is mm. that I am personally I feel like I don't experience that as much anymore because I just worked through it so many times being polyamorous and it was a part of my you know personality that mm. I actually feel like I, that I I did refine and I know even in my exclusive relationships that my partners, you know, will tell me that it's one of their favorite things about me is it's just, it, you know, it's not something that comes in to threaten, you know, no. what the connection, yeah. um, but it's definitely not to, not to say that it doesn't come up. I just work yeah. through it in a much different way. That's what I mean. Like, it's not yeah. this big green monster. I still mm-hmm. feel it, but then I acknowledge it and I go, okay, what do I need? And, and also that it's about you, not your partner. Yeah, yeah, 100% it's about you. It, it's about your needs not being met. And there's, like, feel that feeling. Feel jealousy. It's okay. It's not a bad emotion. 
think on it journal express with a friend what's what you need like oh my partner is spending too much time at work and I just feel like I'm not getting any of their time or you know I'm not my partner and I have had this common one and it's not jealousy as such I guess but for a long time I felt like I was getting his leftover energy because he does this thing which you do in relationships when you're in a new relationship you get um Oh, I've forgotten the term for it. NRE. Yeah, we go. Yeah, you get NRE. <laughs> you get new relationship energy. And it's yeah. like you bounce around and you forget about your stable. And I've had to say to her, her time and time again, like, I'm not, I'm not like a, a just, I'm not just going to be here. You just can't go off and do these things. And I, I'm sick of getting your leftover energy. Like what I need from you is a, is a day where I know that it's for us. And I know that you're going to have the energy to go on a date or take me out or, whatever, hang out. I don't want to just, and this is part of the reason that we're living separately right now is it got to a point where we would just come home from work and sit on the couch and eat dinner and then like, you know, watch TV and go to bed. And it just fell into that space and I was not okay with it. Yeah, that's good. And you had to have a lot of talks um, about it. And the, you know, and even though you guys have been together ages and are both open, it it came up for you. And I know that, I mean, we talked about it. Yeah. Um, yep. So, for me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so I'm happy to always. <clears throat> and yep. So just so everyone knows, you know, if this is something that possibly makes you a little curious, but you think, but I get jealous, you know, maybe don't use that as a reason to not explore mm. it. Um, yeah. uh, I do want to point out, though, because I do think that jealousy ultimately is very toxic. And I do think that it's something that destroys connections and relationships. And I I do think you can get it under control. Um, Studies do show that people who practice non-monogamy do experience lower levels of jealousy, (laughs) which I I really love. (laughs) I think it's because we have to work through it and we work through it way quicker. Um, Jealousy is only toxic if you don't do anything about it Mm -hmm. because then you let it become this big thing. But at the same time, I know that I have female friends who, you know, for instance, would get jealous about their partner, like talking to another woman or flirting with another woman. And I can honestly say that that's not something that I struggle with. I I really don't. No, I don't either. Um, I may have in the past. Yeah. um, But again, that comes down to you and your inner work and why, why are you jealous? Mm -hmm. What? And again, I think that has to do with attachment styles and like what you didn't receive as a child right and again I'm secure (laughs) yeah yeah so So people who are not secure see that as a threat and that becomes toxic because if the only way that they've had that modeled to them is a certain way then Mm -hmm. jealousy becomes toxic yeah it's like anger becomes volatile Mm -hmm. but I would never say to anyone to you know that only secure like secure yeah. people never feel angry <laughs> you know no exactly like no you should it's you know yeah. defense mechanism and it's yeah. um part of who we are as humans so um why don't we talk briefly about why people choose polyamory i like this um because like you know our stories are so different in every single person's story about how they mm. get into um alternative types of relationships or should i say non traditional um it's, you know, everyone has a different reason. So I thought this was interesting. So there are cases of couples who want to play with others Mm -hmm. and whether or not they go on to identify as polyamorous or swinging or open, 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's that's up to them, but I do think people in very healthy relationships choose to open things up. And just so everyone knows, um swinging would be that you play with other couples together. Open would be that you each are um allowed or you you're, you're you of- agree to have sex sexual relationships yeah. with other people but it's just sex yes there but you're no, not yeah. together yeah you know yeah. you're not dating or seeing each other and i have been involved with some open people and um mm. that was interesting um and then um polyamorous would be that you have relationships with other people sexual and emotional yeah mm. yeah and they so, don't have to be exclusive either like the yeah. sexual and and emotional don't have to right be. Yes. exclusively mm-hmm. together in those relationships but i think that some people conflate open with poly and it's not at all uh no that would or, be okay. yeah. open falls under that non-monogamy mm-hmm. umbrella whereas like again polyamory is one of those terms that falls under the non-monogamy R- umbrella thank you i mean yeah. i actually i've told this story on the podcast before but i was involved with someone when i was in melbourne who was open um and at one point his partner actually came to him and said you know you're you know, spending way more time talking to Janice than like I am comfortable with. And you were just meant to be having a sexual thing with her and you're obviously not. And, you know, and she, yeah, she considered that to be outside of their agreement, which it was. And it hurts. It sucks when these things happen, but again, you have to respect those boundaries. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, I, I mean, I was cool, but. (laughs) Oh, right. You know, but like, but you know, yes, other people. Yes. And the thing is we had to have a talk about it. Be like, okay, oh, well, this is just going back to this or, yeah. yeah. And that's it. The thing with that is we just have different boundaries, right? Like mm. um, open relationship, non-monogamous, whatever. Like there's just different boundaries and you, again, communicate them. And Yes, it's all about the agreements, which yeah. I love. Yeah. There's so no rules, also, just agreements. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, even in <clears throat> monogamous relationships, yep. and this is the thing. People don't even have agreements sometimes in monogamous relationships. Um, and they're just flying by the seat of their pants. And um, I think that the world could, you know, take a few pages out of our books. <laughs> um, yeah. another reason why some people um get into non-monogamy is they simply identify this way. Mm-hmm. And you're mm, they just me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they just you can't picture doing it any other way. And that's uh, when I read that, I was like, oh, that is me. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. some people like yourself, right? You can go between. Like, yeah, you if you want to have an exclusive relationship, then fine. If you're in open relationships or like in polyamorous yeah. relationships, then fine. For me, I just, it's not a thing I yeah. think I could do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually, that's what this guy who I was involved with in Melbourne said is that, you know, every time he meets someone, he just says, you know, this is a non negotiable part about me. Yeah. And, and you know what was really really interesting is he was always in open relationships when I knew him, but his partners weren't, which I didn't also know multiple people there who made it work very yeah. well with yeah. one of them identifying as non-monogamous and the other not. Yeah, and that's common as well. Like, and that again, boundaries and communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can exist in a relationship where one person is monogamous and the other person yeah. is polyamorous. Thousand percent but you just have to be okay with that. And that's between those two people to talk about their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, Some people might just be curious. And that is why I thought, I think that kind of ties into the stat that I read earlier um, that 20% of Americans have tried it because, you know, 
We just yeah. want to see what things are like. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being curious and yeah. trying it and questioning mm-hmm. it. And I mean, you it's might find out- hard. And so I think some people experiment <laughs> with it and realize <laughs> it's more than they had expected. Yeah. Yeah. And it works for them or it doesn't. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's really difficult because of what I said, because you just, I don't encounter people. Mm. And so I guess it is, you know, <laughs> it's different for everybody, you know, like you can't mm. picture it any other way. Um, whereas, yeah, like I said, because um, I'm comfortable with both and just don't meet that many people. God, I'd be thrilled yeah. if I went into a bar tonight and everyone was poly. I'd be like, let's all live together. <laughs> but again, you could also have that conversation with the people that you're seeing and being like, I hey, do, look. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, even, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, and, the, and which is why we're going to talk about how to meet people, which is why the apps mm. can be so great. Um, another reason people decide to be polyamorous or non-monogamous is that you just believe that monogamy doesn't work and that you know that it's unrealistic to expect one person to fill all of your romantic needs. Well, not even just romantic, but like intimate as like just like needs. And that's not like, oh, I'm okay. not a, I want to, I want to expressively say that it's not, you don't go polyamorous because you need you have needs to meet because people are not need making like meeting machines thank you for saying that that is a core belief that I have I think that you must already fulfill all of your own needs before you bring out anyone else into it so thank you yeah I like people are not need making meeting machines we can't we can't be dating like um like oh I date this person because this they're into xyz kink but my other partner isn't Mm -hmm. or i get this from no no that's mm, no agreed and Um, that is one issue that i had with the the book attached is that you know they i felt i felt personally like the authors were trying to make it out like um if you feel anxious and you need constant reassurance then you need to be with a partner who will give that to you because that's one of your needs whereas to me i would say that that is a very unhealthy or it's not a foundation for yeah. a good relationship at all and i don't feel that i need to be here to constantly affirm my partner when you know i've said we already have an agreement you know i actually do yeah. think that that's something you need to work out on your own yeah 100% uh, it's just yeah that, that's a new one for me because like again learning I was under the impression like when I started this mm-hmm. we were like oh we you know you date other people because needs aren't being met no that's just really a weird way of looking okay at it. but then I guess when you're in a monogamous relationship you think that as far as a relationship goes one person will what would you say Ugh. provide yeah, I guess and so whereas I some poly people would say that's that is unrealistic. I think it's unrealistic in general. Like you don't have one friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like well, great, and this to, is why we're. It's poly. a lot of. It's <laughs> a lot of. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of pressure to put on one, and they've got their own stuff to deal with. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. so many thing things are that. coming up for me. But um, if people are out there and <clears throat> curious about polyamory, um, let's talk about some things to keep in mind because this yeah. is a big decision, and you know there are misnomers. Um, so what would you suggest, my dear? <laughs> I think I've said it a million times, but Google calendars. Yes, <laughs> your best friend. Yeah. Um, and just th- know that this is—it's not easy. Yeah, it's no, it's um, 
like you said, you haven't met anyone else. It yeah. makes your dating pool a lot smaller yeah. because you've, you're looking for people um, that are open or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> do that in New Zealand with the population that we have and everyone knows everyone honestly um i mean you seem to do well but you know i know you're a few years really integrated into your particular community which yeah yeah. i guess and like the way that my casual like the the person i'm seeing casually and i connected i've known that person since i was like 16 17 oh right (laughs) um and we sort of were in like similar circles and like went to part like not parties but kind of and there I don't want to give sexes away because like I just I don't want to um their whatever spouse they're married they're, they're married um oh, whatever she connected with my partner right on mm-hmm. on field which we'll get into Yay. um and my partner was like oh they know you she knows you blah 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 and I was like you know to give me more information that I know a lot of people I run a business I run in lots of circles like just I yeah. miss thing here oh I my know, I love honestly, you how you're owning that <laughs> everyone here is like you know so many people and it's like oh I can't wait to get there and hang Aww. out with you um but yeah they were like my partner was like yeah sh- they know you blah, blah blah and I he showed me her photo and I was like oh I know them I've totally had a crush on her husband I love it forever and so we went and like they did their thing and then like the four of us had like lunch together just like fish and chips and shit so cool and like him and I kicked it off and they didn't and it's cool like we still like it it is what it is but Mm -hmm. like that wouldn't have happened if yeah my partner and his partner didn't connect yeah you know, so many things when it ha- you know, don't happen. I think sometimes when you're monogamous, I even had, um, just this experience when I was on my birthday holiday where there, it just turned out that the other solo traveler, there was a guy, um, and we hit it off there. There was nothing romantic at all. Um, but we hung out and hung out and hung out and just had such a blast. I mean, it was just like kismet. And I, you know, I thought so many times, you know, like if I were, if I had, if I was in, you know, this traditional monogamous relationship, um, from my experience being in monogamous relationships with men, you know, my partner would have never been supportive of me just having this experience. Oh, mm. it's, yep. <laughs> but as I said, I have found it very difficult. The last person I, you know, dated here was extremely magnetic. And you know, I there, you know, I would have completely cut myself off from from that connection. Um, we did have lots of talks about, you know, the way that I identified, but I could see that he, you know, it was a struggle for him. And I definitely did choose to um kind of set that aside because I I wanted this connection. So yeah. just so that everyone knows, um, you know, uh, you really need to make an effort to get out there and yeah, meet yes. people. And let's talk about how you do that. I guess the first one, because, you know, we've all been in COVID. And I, I mean, like, I feel like it's a little bit more open in America, whereas we're sort of starting to get back into clubs and like bars and stuff. Yeah. But apps, apps are like where it's at, right, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you have to be like... I put on my profiles when I had that. I have a couple of profiles. Like um, when I had Tinder, I put on there that I was um, polyamorous. Uh, but you tend to get a lot of fuck boys. Okay. And if that's what you're into, fine. Uh-huh. 
Um, but I need like I need a little bit of connection with my sex. Like I just yeah. Um (laughs) but I will encourage, strongly encourage people out there listening who are curious about polyamory to definitely find an app. I mean, it is the easiest way to to do that. Um, I was on field for a little while. And that was F-E-E-L-D. I thought it was great. It was um non-traditional kink all of that so it was it was all over the place but everybody I met you know you could at least take it for granted that people were were open to yeah open that was yeah field was definitely for more alternative relationship (laughs) styles right like but not scared like I think that some people think you know kink means you know, they're very intimidated by that. And while yeah. there were some people on there that were quite openly kinky, not not everybody at all. No. And I think there's a common misconception that polyamory or non-monogamy and kink go hand in hand, and it doesn't. Um, That's I know true. Of, I know plenty of kink couples who are married and they're monogamous and they're happy that way, and that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, I just guess that it leads those kind of lifestyles because you've got play partners and stuff. Uh-huh. I've played with that couple before. Like they yeah. do rope and rope is one of my biggest things. And we've done it. Like there was nothing sexual about it, but like the three of True. us, like I tied and, and wax. It was amazing. It was real cool. And they're good mm-hmm. friends of mine, but yeah, no kink and polyamory or open relationships, or whatever do not go hand in hand. A thousand percent. It's, I mean, it's not all orgies and, <laughs> you know, crazy parties. Not all. I mean, I, I mean, I did, it did happen. In fact, it's really cute. Now that I've been yeah. back in the States, you know, for a few years, I will sometimes very casually mention, you know, things that I was involved with in, in Australia. And do you know how many people are, have seriously been like, you've been to a sex party? And I'm like, Yep. Yeah, many. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but the floor, they're just so amazed that, you know, like I've even been to one. It's adorable. Yep. It's cute. It's, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> a new one that I found through a Instagram account that I follow who I would love to recommend as a resource, um, which we'll do later. Uh, she recommended it's called hashtag open. Oh, so cool. I, know. I just looked it up. Everybody, this app is up and running. I literally um, downloaded it today thinking no one in New Zealand would be on it because this person and who's a great Instagram account I follow is in the States. And literally all of the open people that I know, oh. <laughs> people that I know are on the app. And I was like, wow, am I late to the party here? Like what? So great. Yeah. I love it. So that's hashtag open. Yep. Yep. And then the one I suggested was filled F E E L D. And I will also say another good way to meet people um, is meetup.org. I have Mm. not actually gone to any events. I've had a bit of a crazy life, but I am a member of a meetup group that meets regularly here in Denver. That is for uh, polyamorous people. They have, you know, dinners, book clubs, just, you know, normal stuff when I was in Melbourne I belonged to two different uh groups that I found through meetup and it was you know we just meet once a month for a happy hour and it was Mm. just mingles um Mm. and so along those lines if you're you know I don't it depends on where you live but do also look at at Facebook because a lot of cities have uh polyamorous groups and yeah and seriously they just you know 
meet for drinks or yep. picnics. We have and one. Stuff. So I live in Auckland on the North Shore. So there's like a North Auckland sort of yeah. shore based one. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It, like they have meetups monthly um, and there's always discussion going on and stuff. So if yeah, anyone yeah. knows a Denver one that they recommend, I would love it because I was part of one for about a month and it just, it wasn't my jam. Um, yeah. You know, it was just a, I, pretty much people would just go in there and just introduce themselves constantly and want to meet people. It wasn't raunchy uh, at yeah. all, but it was just no, no like meetups or whereas, you know, I really like, you know, like planned things that I can yeah. go to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And summer they often have barbecues. And- yeah. Yeah, stuff. But I think now because it's, it's winter at the moment, so um, it's often going to a bar or something. And they have kid friendly events, so like obviously yeah. a lot of these people are married and have children. Lot, so yeah. like they like the picnics at the beach and stuff have the kids with them, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is another conversation around what people think and feel about introducing kids to this lifestyle. But well, it could be a topic for another yeah. episode. And we're also going to do the denesting episode for um, anyone who noted Jesse's story <laughs> from earlier about the fact yes. that you know she stayed with her partner and um, but not living together. So I'm excited to share that with people. Mm. So get out there, you know, uh, give it a goog and you will find people. <laughs> you know, that's actually a term that I kind of coined with. Well, look, I'm not saying we were the first people ever to think of it but I do know one <laughs> night when I was in Melbourne I was speaking with two of my best male friends one of which um is a Kiwi though you know my closest Kiwi well at the time my closest Kiwi friend <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's got his own did you get I'm like, excuse me <laughs> and one night we just between the three of us came up with this give it a goog and uh, my flatmate hated it so much and every time we said it he'd be like that's not a thing (laughs) but it is so give it a goog thing (laughs) I love it I think it's so cute (laughs) um and you will there there is something I assure you if not Mm. you know get on the app but I will tell everybody it does take you know effort and intention um you can definitely be on an app like tinder but I would just say maybe put it in your profile yeah you definitely 100% yeah. be open about it like mm-hmm. just say you're exploring it or whatever like yeah because it gives the people no I mean not that people often read bios depends on the person an um, intentional dater that listens to x-files does yeah yeah good <laughs> um you yeah, put it in your profile because yeah. then you they can't even if it comes back and I often do this because I know that men just swipe right a lot of the time given that tinder and dating apps are sort of against them in terms of like they're more often have to pay for the system and stuff so they just swipe right a lot more I often when we match will be like have you read my bio uh, yeah and I've had a mixed results before like so is like, this oh, why yeah. you got um banned from tinder for a while no <laughs> I got I got banned from tinder because I have po- I'm polyamory and I had too many people being like you want to play and so I <laughs> told them to go see escorts because if they wanted sex it'd be a lot cheaper and a lot faster because I'm all for I'm like sex positive right like go and pay an escort there's nothing wrong with that uh-huh. also it's consensual you will get what you want and it'll be a hell of a lot cheaper than going mm-hmm. out and pay like they're not cheap I'm not saying that they're cheap I'm just saying there's <laughs> I'm, nothing, I'm with you <laughs> like you know there's no guarantee that if you go out on a date with a girl you take them out for drinks dinner whatever blah 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 they don't know you shit 
Like yeah. they do not owe you sex. You're right. So unless you're on there and it, like I've got a friend who actually says on her relation on her bio that she is just looking for casual hookups. More Fine. power to her. More power to her. Awesome. She is the kind of person that those people were looking for. Whereas I've said in my bios, no hookups. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not here for the hookup. Like I've I said, was... poly open, no hookups. Yeah, and I think I might have to change it to that because that was my um experience. Yeah. Okay, are you so? Are you back on now? Am I back on? Uh no, no. I'm banned from Tinder for a lifetime. I actually <laughs> permanently think, banned. I think that that is a badge of honor, and maybe you can put that on on your bio. So this this has been so much fun. Um, yes. I had my friend Christine on last week, and I'm just loving doing these episodes with Yay. friends who share my philosophy. And um, but why well, not? But and. Let's talk about some resources um, yes. because I know that we have a few favorites. Yes. If you want to learn about polyamory and non-monogamy, um, let's talk about this. So first yeah. of all, the most obvious resource that oh. anyone new to polyamory is immediately suggested is the ethical slut. Yes, that is the quintessential. I believe everyone, when I was looking at it, everyone was like, you need to read the ethical yeah. slut. Um, it's at Dossie Eaton and I can't remember that. Like, honestly, I'm terrible with names. Give it a goog. I don't yeah, think give it a goog. Give it a goog. Ethical slut. Um, there's sex at dawn. There's so many, um, polyamory books. Yeah. Uh, I highly, highly recommend Poly Secure though. Yeah. I, I think everybody should read it, especially with all the interest in attachment styles. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, I was so revved up about non-monogamy after I, after I'd read it. So that's Poly Secure by Jessica Fern. Yeah. And my personal and current uh, favorite is everybody go and follow the multi-amory podcast. Oh, it's so good. I the, like, I'm so in love with that podcast. It's so like X-Files and they are so brilliant and bring in so much science and it's so well done. It is three people who come on every week to talk about different topics related to um, non-monogamy. I think they've all had, you know, involvement with each other currently or in the past. And it's just, it's brilliant. I actually think that it's one of the best podcasts just in general. It was just th- as far as production it's goes. Such a, it's such a good podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. Um, and if you're an Instagrammer, if you like being on the the gram, uh, wow. <laughs> I am too Give old to be saying Give it a go, get on the gram. Give it a go, get on the gram. I'm too old to be saying shit like that, eh? I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a Gen Z. Um, but it's Polyphilia blog. I believe her name is Leanne. So okay. it's Poly, P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-L-I blog, B L O. I think I spelled that right. Um, blog, I, yes. Yeah, no, no, polyphilia <laughs> blog in general. Um, she's I'm going to link all of this in the show yeah. notes. So, cool. um, you know, this and this is, you know, these are all resources that, you know, are supporting people to get into this, to do it in a, you know, open, intentional, happy way. Yeah. So go check all of that out yeah. and, you know, let me know what you think. I'm here to support you regardless of, you know, how your relationships look or have looked. And I've been surprised. I mean, I've had people 
um, you know, who don't know about my background, who, you know, I'll have a consult with and they, you know, oh, I'm not mm. really sure about telling you this. And I'm like, girl or guy. I'm, well, I don't yeah, say yeah. guy. It's good with me. But um, yes, I'm I'm here for you. Regardless, if you're struggling with the breakup, please hit me up on Instagram. Mm. I'm here for you. If you want to, you know, get coached about anything non-traditional, <laughs> Jesse up. Yeah. I and I I'm the same. I'm a I'm a safe space. You can't honestly, I'm pretty sure you can't shock me these days. Um, yeah. Same. I say that like it's a challenge, like go on. Mm. Um, well, you've actually st- told me a couple things that I thought were a little shocking, but I'm not gonna go into it on the air. But yeah, no, for me, I'd say it's hard but possible. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like it's possible to shock me, but it takes a lot these days. So yeah. I'm an open safe space. Obviously, yeah. as coaches, we don't repeat any of this to anyone. Yep. Um, thousand percent. So thanks for, thank you to everyone for being here today. Mm. This was, I mean, so, 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 so much fun. And we will be back later in the month with Jesse to talk about getting kinky. Yeah. So until then I will see everybody next week or later in the week because I'm actually dropping two episodes a month in September. So everybody keep your eyes on this space. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to X-Files podcast. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message through the X-Files Instagram account, and I will personally be in touch to get you started. Remember, if you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this. We can't, we can't be dating like, um, <clears throat> like, oh, I date this person because this they're into X, Y, Z kink, but my other partner isn't, mm-hmm. or yeah. I get this from, no, no, that's, mm, no. Agreed. And um, that is one issue that I had with the, the book attached is that, you know, they, I felt, I felt personally like the authors were trying to make it out like. Um, if you feel anxious and you need constant reassurance, then you need to be with a partner who will give that to you because that's one of your needs. Whereas to me, I would say that that is a very unhealthy or it's not a foundation for yeah. a good relationship at all. And I don't feel that I need to be here to constantly affirm my partner when, you know, I've said we already have an agreement. You know, I actually do yeah. think that that's something you need to work out on your own. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's just yeah that's a new one for me because like again learning I was under the impression like when I started this mm-hmm. we were like oh we you know you date other people because needs aren't being met no that's just really a weird way of looking okay at but then I guess when you're in a monogamous relationship you think that as far as a relationship goes one person will what would you say Ugh. provide yeah, I guess and so whereas provide. some poly people would say that's that is unrealistic. I think it's unrealistic in general. Like you don't have one friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like well, great, and this to, is why we're. Poly. It's a lot of. It's a lot of. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 
a lot of pressure to put them on and they've got their own stuff to deal with so yeah yeah it's mm. my so many thing things are that. coming up for me but um if people are out there and <clears throat> curious about polyamory um let's talk about some things to keep in mind because this yeah. is 